What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Taylor Dillon here with y'all, as always. Um, not too much lacrosse to talk about this week uh, with everything that's been going on. Um, the college season being canceled last week, as y'all know. The NLL is on a uh, suspension right now as well. So not too much lacrosse to talk about, but... Thankfully, we had the PLL entry draft last night. 14 new guys coming into the league out of a 16-man entry uh, draft pool. Uh, So those guys getting picked up. And uh, I'll I'll kind of go team by team here, um, breaking down, you know, each team's draft picks here. So, um... First off, you know, the order of the draft was seven picks, uh, two rounds. Uh, so seven picks in each round. Uh, Water Dogs had the first pick, Chrome second, Atlas third, Archers fourth, Whipsnakes fifth, Redwoods sixth, Chaos seventh, and it went the exact same way in the second round. As well, um, I'll, I'll I'll break these teams down. I'll start alphabetically here with Archers. Um, you know, I thought you know, uh, head coach Chris Bates. They you know, with that um, that fourth selection and fourth and eleventh selection in this draft, uh, that maybe got some guys that um, I don't think a lot of a lot of maybe more casual. Co- uh, Either college fans or pro fans have really um, know these two names as well as uh, some other guys that win this draft. Obviously, you had some very hyped up names in this draft, uh, but you know, getting Eli Gobrecht and Christian Mazzone, I think they're both guys that can really fit into that Archers team. Um, and, you know, with with, with Gobrecht getting him up fourth. Um, no, he's a absolute stellar um, defenseman to get alongside uh, Matt, Mc, Matt McMahon and Scott Ratliff there. So um, I, I, I really like that pick. Um, no, I've, I've seen what he can do on the professional level. Um, and you know, obviously he was a three-time All-American in college at Ithaca. Um, you know, his game speaks for itself. Um, and, you know, putting him into a defense with guys like Matt McMahon and Scott Latliff, that was the number one defense in the league last season. It's going to be, it's going to be a, uh, a good treat to watch this all truth defense go to work all season long with those two guys, uh, with Gobrecht now inserted into that group there. Uh, really, really like that pick. Uh, but then, you know, they go offensive uh, with the second pick as they get Christian Mazzone, um put at Rutgers, um, you know, and, and he, he had a great rookie season in Major League Lacrosse last year. Um, he was either rookie or sophomore year um, in the MLL last season with the boys and you know, with that that fiery kind of electric offense they had, um, and he really showed uh, what he can do at the professional level 
Um, and, you know, Ochoos, they did lose some guys, uh, Danny Ipe and Ben McIntosh, uh, to the Water Dogs in the expansion draft. So, uh, you know, losing those two guys um, and then Tom Schreiber being the only double-digit scorer returning. Um, ben McIntosh was the only other guy who had double digits in scoring last season for this Ochoos team, which was a very attack-heavy offense. Um, and, you know, you could, you could argue that hindered them at times, um, last season, uh, but now getting another, uh, kind of dodging threat up top in the zone, uh, should, I, I think should really help even out this offense, um, in terms of attacking midfield. And, you know, you have Christian Mazzone and Tom Schreiber, who's arguably the best player in the world. Um, on your midfield, you know, that, that is a, as I said, not many defensemen, not many defenses want to see, um, it's, it's going to be a, um, exciting offense. And then, you know, you add in the attackmen they have there as well, um, with Will Manny and, uh, and, and all of those guys. So. Um, it's going to be an exciting, exciting offense there um, again this season um, with Archers. And again, we'll see how that kind of evens things out with Mazzone there. And then I think they improve the defense even more. Now, Atlas, they had the third overall pick, but they probably got the biggest name in lacrosse in Rob Pennell. Um, also getting Craig Chick, uh, LSM slash defenseman, in the second round, um, I think you know some of these new teams, Atlas, uh, new teams with new coaches, Atlas and Chrome have been uh, two of the more interesting teams to watch this off season to see what they do um, uh, with new head coaches that haven't that uh, maybe haven't coached uh, with uh, every single guy on that team before. Um, you know, I know there's some familiarity with both coaches, uh, both coaching staffs, uh, but when you get a guy in there that maybe um, hasn't coached a team before, you kind of look and say, okay, how are they going to tweak things, and uh, that starts in the off season. and I, th- I think Atlas, I think Ben Rubio has done a great job of just going out and getting needs they need, um, and, and really focusing on their needs um, on offensively and defensively, uh, I think they did a great job of that. Uh, as best job as they could uh, with the expansion draft in um, protecting some guys that they wanted to protect, they need to protect. Um, and now they go out and they get two guys that I think instantly make this team uh, you know, that much better. Uh, Rob Pinnell, obviously a generational talent, right? Um, you know, 12-10 winner in 2013. Uh, we all know him for his famous question about Dodgers. Um, like this offense is going to drastically increase. And, you know, there's been some talk about, okay, is this offense going to be a bit off balanced um, at the attack spot um, with Pinnell in there as more of a ball carrier? And you also have Eric Law and Ryan Brown as well. Rob Pinnell is the... He's the kind of player that I, I honestly think you could put him on numerous different teams 
and he would have success because the way he plays, uh, the talent he brings, um, his, his talent transcends fit. Um, you know, and and you mentioned Atlas got uh, has Romo Dennis there as well now, um, and Rob Pennell's feeding ability. You know, they trade him, trade Romo Dennis. Um, Chrome did two Atlas midfielder. Um, so with a guy came up top now, um, and 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 you also have. Uh, Paul Label there as well, um, and we all know the the connection Paul Label and Rob Pinnell have uh, playing in New York together for multiple years in the MLL and playing on Team USA. Um, so you have that connection back again. Um, this is going to be an exciting offense to watch. I think Rob Pinnell ultimately, um, you know, immediately impacts this offense. Immediately makes them just that much better. Um, and honestly, I think he would he would do the same for any team uh, that picked him. And um, obviously, because of need, he fell to third. Um, and Atlas get 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 a very good one. Um, they also get another good one on the defensive end, and Craig Chick, um, who I'll be honest with you all, is the best takeaway man in college cross I've seen in the past few seasons. Um, I mean. You know, he he he's the NCAA's leader in cause turnovers. Um, broke that record in 2019 at Lehigh. Um, and one of the best defensemen, LSMs, to come out of college over the past few seasons, as I said. Um, and you team, and you know, they, lo- they lost Noah Richard in the, uh, in the expansion draft. Um, and they replace him, right, with Craig Chick. Um, and to put a guy like Craig Chick, who he's not only kind of he's not only a great cover guy that puts the ball on the ground, as an LSM, you can help spot transition and all of that. You can really play him at LSM or at close D. Um, and I think he'd have success either way. Now, you, now, who else is on that defense with him? You have Van Rappost, Kyle Hotel, and Tucker Doug. That's, that's not, that's, that is not something that um, a lot of offensive players want to mess with. Um, this, this Atlas team, you know, and just like every team here, got a lot better. Got a lot better. Um, especially the defense, I think, got a lot better. And the offense is going to be um, very, very fun to watch this season with Rob Pinnell. Andy Towers probably put off the biggest surprise um, of the draft, but I do think you know, there is, you know, um, knowing Andy Towers, I think there's there's some reason behind it. And uh, I think if, uh, if you're a Chaos fan or you like the way they play, uh, I think these two guys are going to fit in perfectly with their team um, that they got last night. And uh, Dylan Ward, uh, obviously, um, in my opinion, the best goalie uh, on the planet right now, box, field, I don't think it matters. Um, he's can, you know, best in both disciplines. Um, and then Jason Noble as a defenseman. Um, and also both guys have chemistry together playing for Team Canada. 
and uh, both went to the Hill Academy um, in high school. So uh, you have an immediate connection with those guys. Um, and I think they both bring kind of that mentality. Um, they can both play the chaos style, run and gun type of cross. Um, and Dylan Ward, you know, he has, I think he has a unique style uh, of, of playing in the field game. Uh, he's more, you know, sitting on his arc a lot. Um, but it works for him. And, you know, for a lot of American goalies, it might look, um, might look different, but it works for him. Uh, it, it's a bit of the box background. And obviously, we know the box and field goalie position are, like, almost entirely different. Um, the angles and all that are very, very similar. Uh, but in box, you have to keep those angles. Uh, you, know, you have to think about those angles more. That helps you in the field game. And obviously, Dylan Wood has brought that aspect to his field game uh, continuously since his days at Bellarmine. Um, and then, you know, not only is he one of the best goaltenders in the, in, in, in the world, um, you know, he his outlet passes puts them on a rope, um, almost like an NFL quarterback, you know, um, looking like Russell Wilson out there at times. And that, like, he, he can spell transition from the crease. From the crease. Not too often that you get guys that can spell transition like that from the crease immediately after the save. And then, you know, a lot of people said, you know, they already have boys really in there. Yes, they do. Now they have the best one-two punch um, goalie duo in professional lacrosse. You know, in, in, in my opinion, there. Um, <clears throat> I've seen some people say, well, you know, they don't need that. Um, well, it's good to have in the bag. And also, we know boys can play attacks, so um, it'll be interesting to see um, what happens there. And then with Noble, you know, he... No, I, I gotta be careful how I say this. He replaces the hole that is lost with Brody Mill. He's not replacing Brody Mill. No one can replace Brody Mill, but he's replace, he's filling that hole, that gap that was lost when they lost him in the expansion draft. Uh, and and he can play that run and gun, fast paced style of play. In in addition to being a fantastic kind of lockdown defenseman as well um for chrome i think you know they needed defense and they got defense you know you get jesse bonehart um and you get danny moss um bonehart obviously um you know part of maryland is the current defensive coordinator for the topes um and he, he's a solid defenseman right and you know he's a guy you know, every time I watch him play, um, he's one of those guys that just kind of is all over the place. He can cover all over the field. Whether he needs to be on ball or off ball, he's effective. He's effective in a multitude of ways. That's what this team needs. Because they lose Chris Sabia and to the expansion draft and Joe Fletcher retires. You lose two very high-quality defensemen. You need a guy that can come in, kind of rally the troops, be that leader 
on the defensive side. I'm not saying they don't have that already, but you get another guy of that ilk with Jesse Bonehart, and something that Southern Chrome needs. And I really do think this defense is going to be much improved this coming summer. Um, Donnie Moss, you know, he he played with Coach Sudan up in Rochester for multiple years. Um, so there's that connection there. And Tim Sudan, big relationship guy. Um, you know, the whole coaching staff, like, has known each other for many years. Um, you know, they're, they're friends off the field. They live in uh, in the same vicinities as, as each other. A lot of these guys were on that Rochester Rattlers team. Um, oh, Dallas Rattlers team as well a few years ago. So there's a relationship there. There's familiarity there. Uh, Donnie Moss, I don't believe he's played a full season maybe since 2018. Um, and certainly, you know, there was some people, um, you know, so, someone told me after the draft, they said, you know, does he think this is 2012 or whatever? Um, no, but I, I think the relationship and that factors in. Um, I think that transcends maybe age or anything in that kind of perspective. And he also is a coach, uh, assistant coach at RIT. So you get two guys that are college coaches there. Um, I think that helps a lot um, in the pro game. And obviously it's a unique situation in professional cross. But to get two guys there uh, that do coach, you, know, you kind of have that coach on the field mentality and they might know uh, kind of they can put themselves in the head coach's shoes or assistant coach's shoes more so, if you know what I'm saying. Now, Redwoods, and I forgot to mention, we'll get to an interview with Redwoods head coach, Nat St. Laurent, at the end of this podcast. But uh, Redwoods, they kind of went defense on this one. Um, and not to say they need any more defense, but um, they get Finn Sullivan, who um, I, I know uh, Coach St. Laurent had mentioned that he had, he had um, you know, looked at him before. He had, uh, was familiar with his game. Um, and, and all of that, as I think many are. Um, he's one of the more elite cover guys in the game. Uh, and he mentioned um, kind of filling in for Matt Landis as he um, is in, in the Navy um, at, at the moment. Um, and I think Sullivan, a guy like him, you know, he covers. One thing that always sticks out with me with his game is he's able to cover X attackmen maybe better than anyone. He's able to cover that X spot. Um, I think in a league like this, we have so many dynamic quarterback attackmen. Um, it does pay dividends, dividends to have a guy like that. He can anchor this defense. He can be, um, you know, hop in there and be, uh, you know, one of the, the guys on the defense, uh, be a leader out there. Uh, and certainly Redwoods, they don't need any help on, on, on defense, but, and, you know, last year they always said, you know, don't come into the woods. Um, I, I really would not advise um, offense players to do that this season. This 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 defense, I think, just went from 100 to 120 real, real quick. Um, and then also they get Greg Pascalgen, 
um, at the faceoff dot, um, you know, an Adelphi product, and um, you know they needed that hold there with um, with Greg Glenley and retiring. Uh, Pascalogian brings some grit to the faceoff dot. Not going to lie about that. Um, he can also jumpstart the offense as well. So um, with his effectiveness, I think they get two two great guys, and obviously they improve their defense, which I I didn't really think. Uh, was possible if, if, if you watched them at all last season. Um, no, no, whip snakes here. Uh, they got probably the biggest steal in this draft. I think probably, whip snakes probably got the two biggest steals in this draft. Uh, they get Zed Williams, who can play literally, like, you could put him at attack, put him at midfield, he's going to be successful. Play anywhere on the offensive end, he's that kind of talent. Um, you know, they call guys walking buckets in basketball. He He's the closest thing to a walking bucket we got in lacrosse. I mean, um, and, and you add him to an offense that has Matt Lambert at the attack and Mike Chanichuk at midfield. Is, and then you have Ty Warner as well and Jake Bogenhardt, um, who obviously can run both both ends. This is, is going to be a scary offense to watch. Um, Zed Williams is a special player. And uh, the fact that they got him, what would they get him at? The fact that they got him at five, just like there was no problem, that's, that's, that's a pretty special thing to do. Um, and then, you know, they got TJ Camizio, who I think his, I think he's the one guy in this draft that I think he's going to maybe benefit the most from the PLL rules, um, and Zach Cullion as well. Uh Camizio, short stick defensive midfielder, but and you know Villanova product, um, and you know we know how Villanova they their defensive midfield goes hard. Um, I can't remember who it was. They nicknamed them Cause Turnover University, um, but and and Camizio is just that he's a turnover machine, uh, great one on one defender as well, uh, but he can also run the field um, and and be an offensive threat at times. Um, so you, you pair him up with with a group like Ty Warner and Jake Bonehart. This midfield is going to be a special unit, uh, and and not to mention they have a great defenseman in LSM and Michael Ehart that also can run transition as well. So this transition offense from from Whip Snakes, I think, is going to uh, not that it had anything wrong with it, but it's 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 going to be taken to the next level with this. Um, Water Dogs, Andy Copeland. Um, obviously, they set their initial roster in the uh, expansion draft, and uh, it's going to be exciting to see how all these guys fit together. Um, you know, their initial roster—I I can only describe it uh, in 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 a in a certain sense as positionless. Um, and they got two more guys like that in this draft. Um, so you get Zach Collier, number one overall. And then the second round pick was Lyle and Lees. Both of these guys, and I'll, I'll start with Curry here right now. Curry, obviously the number one pick. Um, he he's a he's a pure two way guy. He you know jack of all trades. Um, and I, I I really think he's going to thrive in this PLO rule set with the smaller field and the and, and the shorter shot clock and all of that. Um. I mean, this this dude is he does it all. Um, you know, 
people still talk about biggest snub in in, in college class history was not was Zach Killian not was it not making post team All American um, or, or something like that and then not uh, was he a Twilton finalist um, or wasn't uh, can't remember if he was or wasn't but did not win the award um, and people still talk about that how big of a snub that was uh, this guy he's an elite box cross player as well uh, with the Cali Roughnecks in the NLL. Uh, he's just an elite talent. I mean, that's all, all you can say. He's an elite talent. He can make plays all over the field, not just on the offensive end, not just on the defensive end. In between the boxes, or I guess now in in between the arcs, um, he, can, he can make a difference on, on, on any team. Um, he, he's a absolute fantastic get. I think getting a guy can a a true two way guy um, really helps this team out. And then in in Rylan Lee's you get um, you know he he's a LSM defenseman um, transition junkie um, as I like to call him. You know he showed that at Stony Brook and he showed that in the MLL last season. Um, in New Westminster, British Columbia native. Um, you know, playing in, in the NLL with the Rochester right now. And he shows that in there as well in the box game. Um, he He's an elite defenseman, but he can also push transition, has those stick skills, um, and, and all of that. Just, I think Water Dogs, you know, they ultimately add to the to the squad. I think Lees and Killian both are pretty perfect fits. For this team, as you look at things on paper, uh, we'll have to see uh, with all these guys how they fit uh, when you get into the games, you get into practices, see how they fit uh, with the rest of this team. But uh, I think the PLL, I don't think anyone can argue the PLL got uh, a bit better on Monday night. Now, uh, heading over to my interview here uh, in the show with my interview with Redwoods head coach Nat Saint Wilhand. You know, um, first off, a pretty crazy week uh, we've had. Um, you know, Absolutely. yeah. So you know, kind of what was your uh, obviously the college season getting canceled, uh, disappointing. What was kind of your first reaction? Um, and kind of what you tell you guys at uh, Ohio Northern. Yeah, you know, we, so we, you know, it was, a, it was a roller coaster ride for our guys. You know, we were told previously uh, that it looked like everything was a go and we had a game coming up that Saturday and that was midweek. And then the very next day, um, I think the day, the morning after the NBA announced their, their suspension of the season, um, we were worried. And then 30 minutes before I went out to practice, we got the call from the, the conference commissioner and had to have a meeting with uh, our AD. Um, so it was certainly, you know, 30 minutes ago before practice, we were really scrambling. But what we were able to do is uh, we were surprising the team with new uniforms. Mm-hmm. So after we told the team, and it's just incredibly emotional, um, we had to get to some sort of normalcy. And um, we went out and scrimmaged. You know, we put the seniors and some guys in the, in the brand new uniforms so they could at least wear them once. And we scrim- had a huge inter-squad scrimmage and, you know, some of the other teams came out to support us because they had heard the news. And mm-hmm. um, I was able to get a live feed from our sports information director so all the parents uh, could at least watch their kids play one more time this year. So, you know, we did the best we could. I mean, this is uncharted territory for everybody. And, um, 
you know, we're now we're, you know, moving forward from that, but, uh, you know, it's certainly tough and all of our guys have to leave campus by Sunday now. So, um, you know, it's, it's getting, uh, really nerve wracking and, uh, you know, but we're moving forward like the rest of the country. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the, uh, NCAA's decision to go to guys an extra year, you know, uh, I've heard a lot about how that impacts division one. Um, how do you think that will impact division three? Yeah, you know, I think it's going to be interesting how it impacts Division Three, right? You know, mm-hmm. every school, every family is different. Yeah. Um, we don't have scholarships to help subsidize cost here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it depends a lot on the family. You know, I don't know if Division Three will be impacted as much as Division One mm-hmm. with guys transferring and doing extra years. But you also have to look at, you know, what schools have grad programs that the young men are, want to pursue. Uh, a lot of Division Three schools don't have grad schools. Um, so, you know, that's interesting. And then if you want them to come back, you know, sometimes you're asking a kid at a private institution to, to pay, you know, anywhere between, you know, forty to $75,000 a year. And that's a lot for, for one season of lacrosse. You know, I tell our guys, I know my stance, and I tell our guys I love them, and I'm fortunate to have the relationships that we have. And, you know, coming back for another year is up to them and their family if, if it's feasible. Um, but, you know, I, I wouldn't want them to come back just to play, you know, one more semester of lacrosse. You know, I want them, yeah. you know, to come back because it's going to help better them and put them in a better position to get a job and be successful in life after. Um, it stinks. It's terrible. My, my heart aches for them, and it was gut-wrenching to hear the news. But, you know, we have to think about the young men and not, not myself, you know, selfishly mm-hmm. as the yeah. lacrosse coach. i got to think about them and their family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, segueing that into the PLL, I believe it was you that mentioned on Twitter how uh, this impacts the PLL as well. Um, yeah. You know, did that kind of change your approach uh, coming into the entry draft last night at all? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it really did. You know, we had a we had a plan. We knew we were going defense. We we um, with with Matt Landis um, working towards and fulfilling his commitment to our great nation uh, mm-hmm. and serving with the Navy um, is in the Marines is important. So we knew we had to try to. You can't replace Matt Landis, but we yeah. knew we had to go defensively to try to close that gap and, and give us a chance. And um, then we were th- kind of with that second pick, we were open to what we were going to do with it. And I was leaning a certain way. And then when this announcement came out, um, you know, we, we knew we needed to try to fill the void of facing off and, mm-hmm. and it was, and it worked out. Cause I don't know who's coming out, you know, you, yeah. don't, you don't know yeah. who's going to come out. And it's certainly a, a deep and talented and it's a special senior class, but now how many of those guys are going to transfer or stay or go back to school. So there's so many unknowns we had to make sure that we really um, played it safe and smart and, and addressed needs, not necessarily wants at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see over the uh, next couple of months what happens there uh, with all the guys coming back and stuff. Um, yeah. You know, uh, with the two guys you got last night, you know, kind of what was it specifically about those guys and how do you see them uh, fitting in and contributing to Redwoods? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good question. I'm, I'm super excited. Um, you know, Finn Sullivan is, is a young man that we looked at when he was at Hofstra. Um, coach, his college coach, Coach Tierney, has become a mentor of mine here since I joined the PLL. And uh, I know how good that Hofstra defense was when, when Finn was playing there. And he's six foot four. He's left handed. He's physical. Um, he, he plays with an edge, and he's had to cover everybody's top players. So. You know, we really always felt like we have three ones on our team with Landis, Apple, and uh, Glaze. And, you know, Glazner doesn't get the respect that he deserves. I think he's one of the most 
talked about underrated players and 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 pro lacrosse, and he can cover anybody in my opinion. So we always felt like we don't really care about our matchups because we have that much confidence in our guys. And Finn does that for us. You know, he brings in you know pro lacrosse experience. Um, you know, uh, I, I we looked at drafting him out of college when I was coaching uh, professional lacrosse, and it didn't work out. And then I coached against him a couple times in, in championship games when he was mm-hmm. in Denver. So. Uh, we're excited, uh, and, and he knows a lot of guys on the team, and I'm really big on locker room and culture, and, yeah. you know, we, we love ours, and we love our culture, and we love everything about the woods, and he was a great fit. So that was Finn, and, you know, I'm thrilled. And then with Greg, you know, I got to coach Greg for three years, and, um, you know, in, in pro lacrosse, and we won a championship with him as our face-off guy, and he um, was our face-off guy um, in the championship game that we, you know, that gut wrenching championship game that we lost by a goal. So I'm thrilled because I have a uh, pre-existing relationship with him. He knows how I work. I know how he works. Um, and then when I stepped back from this, we needed a face-off guy. We needed a defender. We got both. And not only did we get both, we got two players that have championship experience and championship rings at the professional across the level. Um, and, you know, we're, we're, in the PL to win it. You know, our goal is to mm-hmm. win the championship and, you know, uh, we need guys to step in and be able to do that. And these two have proven in their careers that they can. Yeah. Then you mentioned, uh, you know, improving your defense there. Um, a few weeks ago, you brought in a, uh, offensive threat in Miles Jones via trade. Uh, you know, what was the logic behind that? And then how ecstatic are you about the, uh, y'all's midfield this season? Couldn't be more excited about our <laughs> midfield. I think we've got one of the best, deepest midfields in this league mm-hmm. right now. Um, especially the way we play. Um, we, we expect our defense, uh, middies to be able to play defense. And I think, um, you know, Brent Adams is one of the best in the business. Uh, Sergio Perkovich started to elevate himself as one of the top middies mm-hmm. in this league. And I think he's going to continue to do that. And then, oh, by the way, you bring in this guy that's sitting at, uh, you know, six foot five, 240 pounds. And, you know, he's, he's a, just a big time name, uh, a great personality. He's a huge team guy. Um, which is really important, again, for that locker room piece that I talked about earlier. So, you know, we couldn't be more thrilled about bringing Miles in. He's a great guy. He's somebody that I've had a relationship with the last couple of years, just getting to know him every weekend. Um, he has instant chemistry uh, with Joe Walters. They've played together. Um, he grew up with Matt um, Kavanaugh on the island, playing against each other and with each other at times. So, again, you know, it, the chemistry and culture was really important. And we know we're getting one of the best feeding midfielders in the league, and I don't think he gets enough credit for that. So we love it. Um, super hard to um, part ways with my guy, Sergio Salcido. You know, my family loves him. I love him. Um, and, and But it was a great opportunity, I felt like, for him to elevate his game and elevate his career and prove that what he can do as, you know, the top guy on a midfield potentially and um you know we're gonna miss them but both of them bring electricity and firepower to both programs we just felt that miles is uh a guy that's gonna continue to keep us in that upper echelon and, and propel us closer to a championship and you got to get excited when you think about mm-hmm. you know how, how 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 many midfielders we can put out there and oh, yeah. you know brent adams and sergio perkovic and Miles Jones um, on a midfield line, and then you know we're able to go with Joe Walter, who's one of the best to ever play the game, and Kyle mm-hmm. Harrison. That's great, um, and he can't sleep on our middies, right? Our yeah. middies, you know, Jack Near scored probably 
arguably one of the best goals in the PLL last year in our championship game. And Patrick Harvison, he, he just gets it done. So it's going to be a fun training camp because we've got some up-and-coming guys and Tyler Don and guys like that that are going to be there and, you know, compete. Brennan Gleason, who was at Notre Dame and an All-American there, didn't get a chance last year. Um, so he'll be in the thick of it this year. So we're, we're really excited about the competition level that's going to be at training camp this year. And then you've mentioned kind of, you know, uh, bringing in locker room guys and culture um, a lot. How have you uh, built that kind of at the professional ranks um, as opposed to in college when guys are together all the time? Yeah, you know, so we were a little bit fortunate. Um, you know, everybody thinks it was a little bit easier because we had so many Notre Dame guys and yeah. Brown guys. Yeah, so. um, you know, it's a great starting point, but it's also difficult for those guys. Like, my credit goes to the players. Um, you know, they all came in and we were a vast majority of Notre Dame guys and they had their culture and they had their group and they had their friends and they knew how they did things and they were very successful doing it. Um, but there was also the, the guys from Brown and some veteran players. Um, so those guys did an unbelievable job really checking their egos and putting it to the side. And uh, my biggest thing was just trying to develop relationships with each one of these guys. And, you know, I think that's the root of any culture and, and any successful organization is, you know, strong relationships. And, um, that's what I, you know, really wanted to spend a lot of time trying to develop and you don't need to be face to face. Um, I, you yeah. know, I talk to Matt Cavanaugh and those guys almost every week and, um, Jules Hennenberg and Garrett Apple and Eddie Glazner, like it goes on and on and on. You know, I talk to those guys a ton. So, you know, I want to develop strong relationships with them. And then I got to, I was fortunate to have, Joe Walters, um, Greg Renly, and Kyle Harrison as veterans. Oh, yeah. And I think that they had instant credibility with the team in terms of they've been around the game so long, they've been so successful, and they've all won at every single level. Um, we had to figure out a way to balance that and have that come together. And I don't know if it's anything necessarily that I did other than, you know, I'm fortunate to, to coach a bunch of guys that were pretty egoless and um, when it came to the locker room and all had one goal in mind. And I said that in the first email that I ever sent, sent them is, you know, we're not here just to be, you know, part of this new premier lacrosse league. We're here to win the damn thing. Yeah. And the last question here, Coach. Uh, the, the regular season schedule got released uh, last week. Uh, kind of what are, uh, is there any certain location you're excited about uh, going back to or a new location that you're excited about? Yeah, you know, I think uh, the schedule's got me extremely excited. You know, I don't know if there's one that – I'm more excited for than the others, but I do know that the the uh, facility out in Minneapolis and the lacrosse talent and the lacrosse um, you know community in in, in Minnesota is just booming, mm-hmm. and that's, I'm really excited about that. But then you get to coach in Homewood, which is special. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm an upstate New York guy, so going back to Albany was huge. Yeah. Um, and you know, I I did win a championship at the Star down in Dallas, and that facility is always going to be special to me. So super excited uh, about all of that, and um, and now heading out to Portland. I've never been there, mm-hmm. and uh, hear great things about it. So I wish I had one that I liked more than the others. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm certainly really focusing on, and can't wait for them to release the playoffs and the championship mm-hmm. locations yeah. because yeah, that's what we're working for. Yep. All right, guys, that is it for today's episode as always you can find us on social media at lacrosse bucket twitter facebook and instagram lacrossebucket.com well it's always lacrosse season and you know as and everything is kind of in flux right now um with the nll season being suspended the 
college season being canceled. Um, but uh, I'll continue to put content out here. Um, as always, you know, <clears throat> would love some input uh, from y'all listening for what y'all uh, would want to hear. So, as always, the Twitter DMs and email always open. Uh, send any suggestions y'all have um, my way for topics to talk about, uh, guests, anything of that nature. Uh, again, thanks for listening. Have a great week.